Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Noches, amigos, and welcome to episode 19 of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo and Matt LeBeau. Fellas, we are finally not locked out. Man, dude, after like the last two weeks of like getting like blue balls from baseball Twitter, um, we, we, we're back, man. We are back. Um, I, I thought it was a prank at first day. I was a little skeptical because there was, you know, big news coming in that they were getting close. Jack, as you were saying, like, you know, they were at the one yard line and they were at the goal line and um, they got it done. So it's a, it's a big day. It's a great day, not only for baseball, but also for uh, the show as well. So as we, we've pretty much been doing this with nothing the entire time. So this is big, big news. Yeah, it's uh wow. It's a great feeling. It, it felt like it was never going to come. You know, and even when it was at, like you said, the one yard line or the half yard line, you always felt like there was just going to be that one more issue that came up. And for a lot of, I mean, that was the the draft pool, the international. It finally looked like we had a, a deal. And then, you know, the international draft pool thing became a huge issue most of last night and into today. And then they finally resolved that. That was just the missing piece. That was the puzzle piece there. Um, but, I, I mean, to get a deal, full 162, everyone goes home happy. You really you can't beat it. It's, it's a very, very good day for, for us, for the show, uh, for baseball, for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over, like, the last, like, two, three weeks specifically, you're hearing, hearing from, like, the Bob Nightingales and the John Heymans that we're at the one yard line. And then all of a sudden it was intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler <laughs> yeah. and Patriots win the Super Bowl. Uh, but no, I mean, you kind of saw it inching closer and closer. And especially, you know, when those artificial deadlines um, came into place, that's when, you know, you really started to see a lot of the traction move between both sides and uh, start to give a little bit more. So, I mean, I'm sure both sides are not even really happy with it at the end of the day, but uh, the fans are happy, and that's all that's really going to matter now. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were going to go. No, go no, I'm good. Yeah. No, no, yeah, good. Um, no, absolutely. And that's that's really it. Obviously, it comes down to, for one, the most important part of the game is the fans, and that can't be lost. You know, I think that in during these negotiations, obviously we were on the player's side, but um, – you know, I, I don't think either side really had the, the, the fans in mind. And the only reason why both of those sides are as, as successful as they are is because of, you know, people like us, fans like yeah. us, um, the, the people that, you know, buy the apparel, tune into the games, um, keep those regional sports networks from, you know, getting those billion dollar deals uh, going to the games. Um, so, you know, the fans, the fans did win today. Didn't lose you out on a game, single game, hundred four hundred and sixty-two, and that's really, really important. Really, really important. 
that's big for the sport too. Um, you know, to not lose uh, any actual games. Um, playing the full 162 is huge. Um, and I think at the end of the day, um, you know, as, as talks were heating up, you know, the last you know week or so, um, I think today just, you know, both sides felt, you know, I mean, both sides definitely felt pressure to get a deal done because we, we talked about it last episode that, um, you know, this wasn't great for the sport going forward if you were going to either cut the season short or potentially not even have a season this year. That, you know, that would have been worst case scenario. But at the end of the day, I think obviously both sides felt pressure to get a deal done. And I think, you know, they 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 knew they had to get something done because they they couldn't drag this out any further and, and actually lose, you know, uh, lose games. And, you know, um, they just had they had to get it done at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I think that's the most surprising thing out of all of this, even from months and even almost years back at this point, that we are going to be playing a full 162 game season. It is going to look, you know, slightly different, but I don't think anybody's really going to look back in a few years and think too differently of it. But I mean, I think, you know, personally speaking, that I thought we were going to lose dozens of games, not only the first two series, I thought we were going to lose more than that and just kind of have an abbreviated season so to actually have you know another full year of mlb baseball is you know an absolute joy i think even specifically talking about the last few weeks they literally said that they were canceling games and i mean i'm sure that was just to add a little bit more you know fuel to the fire with discussions and everything but it it really didn't seem like that we were actually going to be playing a full major league baseball season and gonna kind of have a little bit uh, of a different tone to the season almost yeah and and at the end of the day like would a 150 games be that big of a deal probably not but if you're the team that finishes in second place by a game you know or two games you're looking at those those lost games and you're, you're feeling shorted these guys are giving their their all um you know Three hours a night, every single night, with the exception of, you know, the very, very few off days they have per month. Um, you know, you you, you want to see the season out for what it's supposed to be. And baseball is supposed to be a marathon played over 162 two games. And the best teams at the end of that marathon are supposed to be in the playoffs. And that was another thing with that I didn't like about the 14-team playoff was that not only would we have maybe potentially canceling games, last amount of games, but then 14 teams get in. I mean, shortened season, 14-team playoff, to me that was just a nightmare scenario for the MLB or for, for Major League Baseball, and I'm just glad that that was certainly not the end result. No, I mean, you kind of saw that preview of 14 teams back in 2020 when it made a little bit more sense when – you had a 60 game season and, you know, a team that might have just missed out on the game might have felt a little gypped out. But I think a 12 team kind of uh, format, how they're going to have it now is good. They expand the playoffs a little bit. I am, you know, a fan of having more teams make it, uh, you know, giving them an extra chance. I would have liked to see a team like the Blue Jays or even the Mariners compete for a chance last year because they're obviously good enough. But uh, I think 14 might have been, you know, a little bit too much because then you have a chance of a team that's 500 or even possibly 
below 500 making it into the playoffs and that'd be you know not great if somehow they beat off you know a one seed like umbc or whatever there was uh beating uh charlottesville a few years ago yeah no yeah well said i mean you don't want a, a fight at the end of the day i mean it, it's cool to see uh, an upset but i, I mean the baseball isn't fun because of upsets. I mean, I'm not saying that I want to see the best team win, um, but baseball is fun for a million other reasons. And we watch the game to, you know, watch the best players uh, on the biggest stage. And I think 12 teams is a good compromise. I think it allows um, teams that should make the playoffs. If they, if they should make the playoffs with a 12 team format, I think they will. Um, If, they, you know, fall just short. Well, then I don't really think you deserved it. But I think 12 is a good number. For sure. Um, and Lebeau, it's funny that you brought up, um, you know, even if we lost, like, say, like 10 games or, or 12 games or so. We actually had, um, <laughs> Jack knows this, we uh, we had somebody in the office that was trying to say that these, you know, games in the beginning of the season, like, they don't matter and, you know, we were talking about kind of the length. <laughs> we were talking about the length of the season. And like you said, it, it is a marathon and those games do matter, especially come the end of the season. You know, if you were if you were to miss out on, you know, a dozen games or so that matters at the end of the day. So it's it's it, it is good that they get the 162 in, which is a, it's a clown take to say that yeah. uh, the early games don't matter. Like every game matters just the same. Just the same. It, it, it's it's such a stupid thing to say. Uh, a divisional game against like the Yankees or the Rays, what difference does that make if it's in April or if it's, if it's in September? If you win that game, that's a two-game swing in the standings. You know, right. one win is a two-game swing head-to-head. And you have tiebreakers. You have um, just just overall momentum. Um I mean, yeah, no, the, they, they all matter just the same. I understand maybe like, hey, you know, uh, uh, an April game against the Oakland Athletics, if you drop it, no one's really going to be too upset. But, I mean, they all matter just the same. Yeah, now imagine like if the 2011 Red Sox got off to a better start and that September collapse ended up not being anything more than a footnote. Every game obviously matters the same. It does in every single sport. I mean, that's the reason why they call it, you know, an average throughout the year is because, you know, it does even out through the law of probability. And that's why I think, you know, baseball is one of the best sports is because you have such a large sample size, not only between games, but players, statistics, everything else like that. You know who the best team is at the game of 162 uh, game season. And then, you know, even if you're not the best team at that 162 game chance, you still have a, you know, good chance to win the World Series. Like none of the times the Giants won the World Series, they were probably the best team in the league outside of probably the 2018 Red Sox or uh, maybe even 2004. They were never the best team in the uh, league that year. So that's what's really nice about it is you uh, have the chance to, you know, prove yourself throughout the regular season. There's no denying that if you make the playoffs over that long period of time, you deserve it. And you have the chance of, you know, being the best team in the entire league. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think uh, I think in terms of the, um, you know, the best team in baseball, rarely after the after a full 162 
the best team rarely wins. I mean, in 2018, we saw it, obviously, with the Red Sox. But since then, you know, it hasn't been that, that way at all. The Braves, not even close. The Nationals, not even close. Um, I mean, 2020, does does that 2020 really count? 60-game season? Count. No. Yeah, yeah, we're we're literally saying it. it's over 162. That does not count. Exactly. Um, 2017, the, um, yeah, I mean, you could. You it, they, the they cheated. They cheated. They cheated. Yep. <laughs> 2000, 2016, I think the Cubs were, I mean, one of the best, but I don't think they had the best record. I mean, it very. Destiny the, the was on Right. The playoffs, I, th- I think the baseball playoffs is perfect because, like, you watch a sport like the NBA and you know basically a higher seed's going to win pretty much every yeah. time. You know, as long whoever has home court advantage, they're pretty much going to win. Um, baseball is just so different and yeah. it's it's perfect. October baseball, there's truly nothing like it. And to be able to sit here today with like and, and to say that without that, like pit in your stomach of like, oh, you know, October baseball is so great. But like, is it going to happen this year? Like when we were watching four days in October, it was like really fun to watch, but it also was like kind of give a little like an anxious feeling because it's like, wow, what if we miss out on this? What if we go a yeah. whole year without this? That would be so devastating. So, you know, to sit here today and, and, and be able to say that we're definitely going to have baseball, we're definitely going to have October baseball, and we're definitely going to have some free agent signings coming up is, um, is, is fantastic. No, I mean, now you, we're going to see a whole tidal wave of things moving forward, including a whole class of free agents that uh, uh, we're going to be playing musical chairs with here. I mean, obviously, we've touched upon some of the guys that, you know, might be coming over and everything. Uh, but a lot of things have changed over the last 99 days of the lockout. And we'll see how much teams are going to want to spend and, uh, you know, specifically what the Red Sox might want to be doing free agent or trades wise um, over the course of the next, what is it, 30, 28 days before um, the opening day starts. Yeah. And I think it's twofold for teams, especially like the Red Sox. Like, I think the Red Sox will spend and I think they'll use the the money that um, the expanded the the luxury tax threshold yeah. to fill it. I think it'll be filled to where they either get to it or even possibly go over it this year. Um, yeah, because they but, have some money coming off the books next year, right? Yeah, you got JD. Um, help me out. Uh, I think Xander's actually going to be not off yeah. the books this year, but the year after that. So hopefully that's not even a problem at all. Right. I think um, Vasquez is coming up. Yep. Vasquez. So I think the Red Sox will, will definitely spend some money, <clears throat> but now like with the new CBA, right. Owners might say, well, you know, we're a little less profitable than we were. You know, we, we have a little smaller of a cut, so we don't quite want you to get to that number. So like I think you know every team's going to be kind of impacted differently. I think the Red Sox are going to be one of those teams where that number is um, made to to be gone over at least temporarily, and then you know they'll always kind of float around it. I think. No, and I mean the Red Sox were always seemed to be one of those teams that were willing to spend a little bit more money or lose a little bit more money uh, in the collective bargaining talks than, you know, some of the teams that ended up voting against it, like the Yankees, the Astros, the Cardinals, or the Mets. Like, 
those teams, you know, were very against a lot of the stuff that were going in there because it's going to hurt them long term. It's going to cost them more money. They're not going to be able to spend as much. Who knows if the Yankees are even going to be able to sign Aaron Judge or if he's going to go to, you know, the Kansas City Royals or some shit like that. Um, and, you know, I uh, there there's a lot of reasons to believe the Sox are going to be spending a lot. They were in on a lot of names before the lockout ended. They got, you know, room to play with not only for this year, but a few years beyond, especially with the CBT uh, going up year by year. So I they're they're in a very good position right now. Oh, for sure. The door's open for our boy Sully Suzuki to make a to make his uh his uh, Red Sox debut sign yeah. a deal. Sully is uh if you're up and you're listening to this, then Come on, the podcast. I, I think, yeah. He's definitely yeah. up at this point. This, this, this is like yeah. noon in Japanese. <laughs> he's having, he's, he's having literally part. like having some lunch right now. <laughs> like he's, you know, signing the paperwork. I'm literally surprised. I mean, it's been a whole five hours since free agency has opened back up. And when you haven't heard Sully Suzuki sign with the Red Sox, I, I sincerely can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they probably found out about it before us because they're ahead of us time wise. That's true. So. And they yeah, didn't yeah. warn us. Yeah, they didn't warn us about 9-11 either. <laughs> That's how time works. Yep. Yeah. Should, Sully should have just shot us a DM there and be like, hey, by the way, baseball's back. If yeah. you know. By the way, I'm coming to the Sox. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think there there's going to be a lot of uh, impacts that this has on the Red Sox. Uh, I think the list is, is probably long. I mean, I don't know all the exact details about the CBA, so I don't want to, like, misspeak. But um, obviously rule changes, too. Like, that that's going to have effect on, on every team. Um, but, you know, definitely the Red Sox uh, as well. Yeah. No, having a universal DH changes the uh, market for a lot of guys. I mean, I think somebody that uh, we obviously wanted back was uh, Ohio native Kyle yeah. Schwarber. And yeah. uh, I think he might go to a place where there's now that hard Mountain Dew seltzer. So mm -hmm. uh, one with like maybe a team where they were down in Florida and they didn't have a DH before, but now he can enjoy those hard seltzers down there. So it, it's unfortunate, but uh, we're yeah. going to enjoy just our half season of our uh, large son from Ohio. Yeah. 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 It, it's a shame. I mean, if they lose Schwarber, that sucks. Um uh, but I mean, if you lose Schwarber, then I think you you gotta go out and get two bats because you lose Renfro and Schwarber. Yeah, you know, like don't forget you lose lost Renfro's bat too. So you can't just replace Renfro and Schwarber with with Sully and then it just be like that's it. You oh know? whoa, you forgot about JBJ. Yeah, JBJ. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you need three bats. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need one to compensate for JBJ's. JBJ's a negative bat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you joke, but actually, but yeah. no, actually, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four hundred. I would love to see Matt LeBeau go up there and take some Matt bats instead of JBJ. I would hack it. I, I mean, yeah. I would. I, Big I, Daddy I would. hacks just like Big Al. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, um, and, and they can't shift on you now either. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. I, I'm actually a big time opposite feel. I like to go the opposite way. So I just can't go uh, So you would have benefited from a shift. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So uh, I wonder how that's going to work. Does anyone know like how they're going to do that? Like, 
No, they have not announced how they're actually going to do it. They're like, we're banning the shift. And everyone's like, okay, well, what does that mean? And they're like, I don't know. We're larger bases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Bigger bases. Yeah. I, I assume, I mean, that'll create for more offense, I think, right? Yeah. It, no, it should. I, I, I'm honestly for bigger bases. Honestly, I feel like they could have just put in bigger bases and told nobody and nobody would have actually like noticed maybe other than like five players like hey this base is 10 percent larger now <laughs> like I, i'm having a hard time tagging the guy out and like outside of that like they changed the baseballs and nobody even really noticed that yeah, much just, like if you change the lit. base itself like players are on that even less so I, I feel like that was one where they didn't even have to agree on it. MLB could would have just done it anyways. Yeah, they could have just done it. You sounded like the stereotypical like Guido Yankee fan right there. Like, oh, the big the base is a ten percent like bigger. Is a bigger now. Yeah, <laughs> no, look look how big how small this base is compared to Aaron Judge. He's so big. <laughs> uh. That'll be another fucking beautiful excuse for Yankee fans to have. Yep. Those goddamn bases. <laughs> yeah, we won 27 when the bases were smaller, and now we haven't won any since. <laughs> <laughs> they will. That's that's funny, but because they will say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, if they change the bases, Alex Cora would like he would like sniff it out. He, yeah. he nothing gets by that guy. He would definitely like. There would just be like a smell in the air. He would just. Be like, you guys are using more rubber for these bases, hundred <laughs> percent. Be like when Pineda had like the fucking pipe. Oh my god, down it's hard. Goddamn neck, and even Johnny Farrell was just like, "Fucking come on, dude." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, John Farrell, who probably like is the king of instructing his pitchers to use um, sticky stuff. Even called Michael Pineda out on it. That's. I didn't really like that, but I mean, well, is. he did it two games in a row. Like, yeah, you, you were, he was dumb. He was just dumb about it. Dude, it was so crazy because you just see like that blotch of just tar on his neck. It's like, and that's you're not just what sweating. The New Yorker looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not only a big day for baseball, but a big day for NFTs. <laughs> yeah yeah no i uh jeff passan chose the most opportune time to show off his skull tune <laughs> I, I dude i literally like my phone just blew up and you know i had it here i was like waiting for obviously a tweet about a new cva and all of a sudden i just see a bunch of passing tweets and i'm like this is it and he's tweeting the details and i just see a bunch of skull <laughs> fucking <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, dude, like, what the fuck is this? That was wild. That was honestly wild. Like, what in, how long do you think those guys held on to it? You're like, okay, today's finally the day it's happening. Like, we can see it in Passon's tweets that he had everything locked and loaded to go. Let's just, like, do this now, get four people to sign up for NFT scam, and then, um, you know, we'll be on our jolly way uh, uh, to the FBI. (laughs) <laughs> you, you know what's crazy is those those hackers when they when they set out to do this they probably knew nothing about baseball or major league no. baseball at all a- along the way they probably learned so much about the league 
and like the process and the talks and they like yeah. they're probably now baseball fans honestly dude we, we should have one of them on the show yeah I, if you're listening we and should you hacked passing please come on the show <laughs> no here okay but imagine like you're you know an nft monkey or whatever they are <laughs> and like this is your first experience with baseball is the toxicity between the owners and the players <laughs> and having every single fan be mad and that is what draws you into major league baseball <laughs> <laughs> like this this they're like oh like oh they're not fighting 24 7 over the next five years now i'm fucking out <laughs> They feed off the drama. Yeah. They love it. They love it. You think they hate Rob Manfred? No, Rob Manfred is what got them into this. <laughs> they they want to see him be commissioner for life and have even more lockouts. <laughs> in, in place. They want to lock out every year. Every year, I, yeah. <laughs> I saw, dude, I loved Rob Manfred's, like, you know, apology to the fans. Uh, like, it, it was the, like after he just raw dogged all of baseball. Uh, I tweeted like it was the biggest like post nut clarity ever. Like <laughs> after he fucking nutted everywhere, he was like, I, I, like I, I have to go. I have to go. Please call call an Uber. Call an Uber. Like that was that was exactly what happened. Straight post nut clarity from Bobby. Are we gonna go out to breakfast? Yeah, your Uber's no, outside. No. Yeah, no. ninety nine days of blue balls <laughs> yeah. just for him to get a nice like touch on the thigh and fucking splooge. <laughs> Uh, hey we've all been there yeah yep what a nightmare Uh, well it's finally over i I will give him credit for somehow navigating this to 162 barely any credit but it the job was done at the end of the day whether it was just you know popsicle sticks and fucking elmer's glue we got there no, I mean, if you look at where the two sides were, what was it, like three, four weeks ago, and how, like, everything was, you know, they're so far apart, so far apart, so far apart, and then far apart on this, and then, okay, they finally agreed on one small thing. Now it was, now the bigger issue, now the bigger issue, now the bigger issue. It's like, you know, it came together in a way where these, the obviously two sides did want to get a deal done. So I do... I do give the owners a little bit of credit. They they did, you know, give in, and um, they still m- made a very good deal for themselves. Don't get me wrong, ton of money, but yeah, they definitely um, they definitely bent a little bit. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, like I said, they 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 kind of felt like they had to, like they they couldn't really drag this on for much longer. Um, I feel like it just wasn't going to end well. No. no, the players were always going to get, you know, their money from another team or whatever. And, you know, it's it was the lockout was going to hurt the owners more than anybody else, especially long term, because even if it went any more longer than it did, you're going to start losing a lot of casual fans. You're going to start losing a lot of those like group outings that come out to a lot of these games and type of stuff. You're going to start losing, you know, a lot of young kids were especially during that, like, middle part of the summer when baseball is the only sport on TV and, you know, you don't have to worry about school. You can just go out to like a nice day game and like losing all that for an entire year while you still have players like Juan Soto and Acuna 
and even Mike Trout and uh, yeah. a lot of these younger guys in their prime just would have been absolutely devastating. And I'm not sure the sport could have recovered unless they literally started mandating steroids like they did in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think we we uh, we brought that up last episode, too, is just like, I mean, you, you got to kind of strike here while the iron's hot. I mean, the league, you know, the MLB has almost never been better with the amount of superstars that they have, you know, in, in you know, all over the place. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it like Acuna, Tatis, you know, Soto. You got guys all over the place that are just superstars. This is the time to market the game and to, in, in, you know, to, to get the game out there, especially to, the, you know, to younger kids uh, to get them involved. And, you know, this, this is the best time. This is one of the the best eras of baseball is, you know, on a superstar standpoint where you have talent all over the league. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and honestly, you could even make the argument if you're, if you're a little more of a conspiracy theorist, you could make the argument that the steroid thing was kind of like, um, like planted by the MLB after they had the 1994 uh, world series canceled because the league kind of was like on life support for a couple of years there and they needed something. Um, I don't know if, you know, obviously it was intentional, but it, it surely brought baseball back from the depths and, you know, to have those guys absolutely just hitting nukes. No one remembered the fact that there was a strike in the world series wasn't played in 1994. Everyone forgot about it. Um, baseball would have needed something like that. They avoided a catastrophe and they avoided having to manipulate the fans into liking the game again because now, with the way it is, a full 162 games, you'll be able to get to see those guys that are in their prime. Like you said, you know, the Sotos of the world, uh, Acuna, uh, Devers, you know, the guys that are young, up and coming. They're not going to miss a year. They're not going to have that hole in their stat sheets, not going to affect their Hall of Fame, you know, contention. So it's um, it's great for the players. It's great for those young guys. We already had a full year of, you know, weird shortened baseball. We don't need that two times in three years. We don't need that two times in a lifetime, really. So, I mean, just getting back to a sense of normalcy here, kind of putting this all behind us, I think is going to do wonders for, you know, a lot of fans around the games. I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everybody that's listening to right uh, to this right now is, Super looking forward to it as well. And, you know, we're looking forward to just putting out more actual content out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me to think that if April games were canceled, this would have been the third year in a row that fans weren't able to go to games, Major League Baseball games in April. You had 2020 COVID. Obviously, there weren't any games at all. You had last year, which you weren't even really able to go to stadiums until, like, well, you could go, like, in April, but it was very, very limited capacity. It wasn't the same. And, you know, I mean, no one really went. And then, you know, it would have been this year with the lockout. So it really would have been just very, very disappointing. Again, just completely uh, averted catastrophe. Yeah, it'll be nice because it looks like this is going to be, you know, the first like really normal season that we're going to have, you know, within the last couple of years. So 
it'll be nice. I mean, I'm we're we're all we're all looking forward to it. You know, a nice, you know, full season. Looks like it's going to be a normal one. Um, you know, getting back to the getting back to Fenway. It's going to be uh, that first Fenway is going to hit different for sure. Yeah, it's going to hit way different. Slap. It's yeah. going to slap me silly. I was looking forward to actually having an opening day at Fenway Park because it feels like the last few years we've been opening on the road. And I think we even did against the Orioles last year, but the same thing, it didn't count because it was so small capacity and everything. Uh, So we are opening up the year at Yankee Stadium, April 7th. Um, You know, they might be at 25% capacity just because. uh, Yeah, right. But, um, no, we will finally be playing ball at Fenway Park April 15th, it looks like. And uh, we're we're hoping to be there with you guys. Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited. Um, we're actually uh, – we didn't want to say this, but, you know, we, we there's talks that we might be throwing out the first pitch, but – There is, yeah. We're still we're, – we're, there's, there's rumblings that that might happen. I think um, – yeah, they're they're trying to work on. I think the issue is the catcher situation because they right. didn't want like an average um, non-catcher to catch the first pitch because they don't want like you know them to get hurt. Right. So like they want an, someone who's actually you know been behind the plate. So maybe have, Veritech. You know, yeah, they, Vasquez, come they have Veritech. Yeah. They're working on getting one one additional catcher. Well, so. no, the, well they're having all three of us throw it at the same time. So they have, you know, yeah. Loeki and they have Vasquez. It's more of finding that third person. I mean, I know Veritex in that dugout, <laughs> he could do it, but you know, he's done enough in his career. So right. they might actually need to fly in Doug Marabelli, uh, yeah. take him on the police escort just yeah. to help <laughs> catch our uh, opening day. First pitches, get him on a private jet to Fenway ASAP. Yeah. Yep. Imagine like, dude, imagine like you moved to Massachusetts for like, that's your first day in Massachusetts and like the highway shut down and there's yeah. just like, a, just like a, a state, it's like a limo and like a, a statey going like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, like, who bike. is that? Yeah. You're just like, oh, is it like is the, it the president, president here? No, that's the Red Sox. That's the Red Sox backup catcher, actually. He's, yeah. He's Tim Wakefield's starting today. It, yeah, it's Tim Wakefield. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, he, he throws a knuckleball. It's a really slow pitch. It moves a lot. He's the only one that can catch him. They just traded him from, from San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to live here anymore. Yeah. Oh, and it gets down to negative like 10 during the winter. Yeah. yeah. But is, is well is is this Mirabelli guy? Is he gonna play a lot like over the next few games? No, he's gonna sit the next four actually. Yeah, he, <laughs> until Wakefield wants to go again. Yeah. What a legend! Only in New England. Only in New England. That's right. Oh shit. Um, no, I mean. Uh, we'll we'll have some goodies for you guys though. We we got a big one coming up for you, so yeah, uh, that that should be on our Twitter over the next few days, and yeah. uh, hopefully should uh you know get us some traction uh, here a little bit. Yep, we got the granddaddy of them all. So you guys will be really happy. We're really happy. Again, just all smiles all day today. Very very good day. Um, you guys haven't got any free agent predictions? I mean, I know we we made some predictions back in the in the off season, but now yeah, that, you know, I mean. I guess the big one that's still out there is Correa and they got, they, they have been linked to him. So that is a very interesting one. 
And you're talking about needing a bat. I mean, that's that's a pretty good bat to have in the lineup. It is. It is. I, I ultimately think uh, they don't get Correa, but who knows? I, de- I definitely my prediction is they they definitely get Sully and yeah. they get Sully, Sully and then they sure. get. I think he just wants to be here. I think maybe like Orion Tapera and then maybe like, you know, someone else. I don't know. No, I'm in that same exact boat where they get an outfielder. They might get like another infield utility type of guy to compliment Arroyo or even if it's uh, Kike at second base. I think they have a little they want a little bit more depth there uh, before, you know, maybe like someone like Nick York comes up, maybe even over the next few years or so. Um, I can definitely see them adding another bullpen arm, maybe not like a closer like Henley Jansen, but, you know. Uh, they, that one might even come from like a trade or something like that. So, uh, I'm not too worried about who it might be. It's more, you know, those last kind of few holes to go platoon with like JBJ and really add some of those death pieces here, but you're in a good spot. You, they didn't really lose too much in the off season outside of maybe Schwarber who, you know, kind of was just a pure rental at the end of the day. Anyways, it, it looks like that's kind of becoming more and more the case, especially now that the dust has settled with Schwarber. I think the sweet spot to re-sign him was like right after the season ended when, you know, he was still kind of at the forefront of Red Sox fans' minds um, and definitely held like a big place in their their hearts. Um, I think that now on paper, you know, looking at it from a completely logical standpoint, right, taking favorites out of it, I think that he's very replaceable. And I'd love to have him back, but I think he's very replaceable in a multitude of different ways, whether it be with two players or one player, you know, whatever. Um, so my my call on Schwarber is that he doesn't come back to the Red Sox. I, I think that someone predicted the Phillies early in the offseason. I think that's a good call. I think the Phillies. Yeah. I mean, the DH rule definitely plays, like Jack said, you mentioned. I mean, that plays a big factor in it, too. That just opens up the gate for, you know, a bunch of other teams to to be in the mix on him. Yeah, a ton of teams are going to be in the mix on um, now just every bet, not just DH, but there's going to be a trickle-down effect. So, um, yeah, I definitely look forward to these next couple of weeks. It, it'll be um, it'll be bussin' bussin'. Yeah, there's going to there's going to be a flurry. <laughs> there's going to be a flurry of uh, of free agent signings now that everything's opened up for sure. So, yep. no, we're going to we'll see, there's, see and there's still guys, big names out there. Yeah. No, we'll uh, see some guys not even sign until beyond opening day, like even guys that don't have qualifying offers and everything. So uh, it will be this will be the strangest stretch of free agent history in MLB history without any question at all. Like you're we're going to see things that, you know, might not happen. I think one thing that we might actually see um, is just maybe not a guy like Correa, but maybe like a guy like Kenley Jansen or somebody else like that, just take a one-year contract, really hit that uh, uh, full market next year and try to get something even bigger while just taking more of a one-year type of pillow contract in a way. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think that um, the, you know, uh, maybe even adding another guy to like the rotation could be like a Rodon somewhere where maybe like someone on a, on a one-year kind of prove-it type of deal. Um, I, I think that maybe, you know, Bloom is looking at the rotation as like kind of, um, fixed or kind of set almost. 
you have a lot of different options there. Um, but I still would like to maybe grab another starter, another couple of relievers, and uh, another couple of bats. I think there's a lot to be done. But um, but it's going to be really, really fun. And I can't wait until you know we see that first lineup, that first spring training game, um, that first game against the Yankees, April 7th. Um, no, nah, it's, it's, it's blissful. Um, main unit, main unit inflation. <laughs> it's kind of given like, uh, we, we've seen the pictures of like, you know, uh, you know, guys working out at the, uh, you know, MLB, uh, you know, camp there, um, you know, guys like Kike and, you know, you see the Red Sox players down there and guys from around the league and it kind of, you know, it obviously gives you that itch, um, you know, to get these guys back on, you know, back on the field. Um, so it's nice to have the deal done um, and ready to have baseball back again. It's going to be a good summer, good year. Uh, so we're looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. No, let's uh, let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah. Let's, Catch uh, us at Fenway. Uh, we'll buy you beers if you buy us beers. Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Beer for beer. We're very socialist about our beers. Yes. Well, Bo, I, I love the tweet that you had earlier today where you're just like, I miss like going to Fenway and just, you know, losing $150 in beer with a mustard stain on my Every, shirt. It's that like is clockwork. so relatable, dude. It's it's clockwork. There's always a mustard stain. Sometimes it's on your pants. Sometimes yep. it's on your shirt. Sometimes, I'll even be honest, sometimes I've even found one on my fucking top of my shoe. But it yep. always happens, and it's like clockwork. And the more mustard stains, the more money that's been drained from your bank account, the better the Friday night Fenway was, or if it was a playoff game. And I just, I just love that feeling. There, there, there is 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 truly no better feeling than Friday night Fenway Park, hammered, and you wake up the next day and you feel like absolute shit because you ate a bunch of processed meat, drank yep. a ton of beer, and you fucking yelled, and you know. Just it just doesn't it just hits astronomically different. There's oh, yeah. no there's no feeling in the world. There's no Man, feeling I'm, in the world. I'm looking forward to that first sausage, pepper, and onion, dude. Oh, oh. man. Oh. Yep. Seventeen dollar Bud Light. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yep. I would pay. I would pay thirty four. I would pay double. Yeah. Give me that. Get, just give it to me. Just give it to me. That's one place where, where like they, they they always say like there's some places where money just is is not an issue and it just Dude, doesn't yeah. matter. And one of those places is Fenway Park. It just simply does oh, not. Yeah. The other it's place is like it's a lot better than being a Disney adult. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so true though when you walk into Fenway, it's like. Like I mean, like when I walk into Fenway, sometimes I feel like I'm a millionaire because I just don't. I just like give him my card, and I'm just like, yeah, just swipe it. I don't care. Yeah, don't. <laughs> like, sir, it's come up declined. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll oh, it's declined. Don't worry, I'll be back here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't I swear wait. to God, I have money on there. <laughs> so I think the. I think that we're uh, we're definitely all going to go to opening day at Fenway, right? That's the fifteenth yeah. yeah. uh, Friday night, and that is that is confirmed against the Yankees, right? Uh, no, that's against the Twins. The Twins, okay. I'm at sorry. Fenway, at Fenway. Okay, the game in the Bronx will, is it is obviously that's April seventh. That's against the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the Guidos, LeBeau. Yeah. That's your. They they're your enemies, man. Oh, you I and the Guidos like do not get along. Nope, we do not. 
We do not. You told him to get the fuck out in the wild Go card home, game, man. Guido. Go home, Guido. Go home. Call the prison. Yep. <laughs> Dude, that first, like, Garrett Cole, like, absolute, um, you know, meltdown is going to hit wildly different. Oh, it's gonna be April great. April seventh when Garrett Cole goes three and two thirds, giving up <laughs> yeah. six and a half runs. Yeah. Like meanwhile, like Garrett uh, 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 Whitlock throws like two and a half scoreless out of the pen to close it out. Like yeah. I'm literally going to ejaculate in my pants over yeah. and over again. It, I'm just gonna come. buy a completely new pair of trousers because those ones are gonna be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about mustard stains, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I dude, I I I'm just it's it's so nice to be able to say these things and then like like I said, not have that looming like feeling in the background of like, oh, this might not happen. Yeah. Like, it just feels so great to be like, we know that's gonna happen. And not only we do do we know that the game is gonna happen, but we know that Garrett Cole is gonna poop his fucking pants. That's one of the that's one of the great things. It's not even that the Red Sox are back. It's just like all the stuff, like all the like, you know, the Yankee thing, like the Garrett Cole, like shitting himself, like, you know, uh, the the just like the Yankee fans in general and all the craziness that they that they spew throughout the entire season. All like back. all of that is back and it is amazing. Yep. Cowboy up. Cowboy up. Let's get it. I think. Uh, but yeah. I think that probably about does it. We'll, uh, you know, get back to a normal schedule here now that we actually are going to have consistent things to talk about with this Boston Red Sox team. Yeah. Um, And uh, we'll hopefully, you know, still be able to do some cool specials. I think we had some ideas that kind of got put on the back burner once we saw the light at the end of the tunnel here. So uh, we might sprinkle those in throughout the rest of the season, especially, you know, depending on how the team's doing or just kind of do you know, a few different uh, things just because. So um, we're looking forward to it a lot. Yeah. April we'll, 15th, um, first pitch. Yep. We'll be we'll be out, we will be throwing out the first ball, uh, courtesy of Sam Kennedy. I'm, I'm going to be throwing out the last ball. Like, I, I'm going to be striking out uh, Byron yep. Buxton uh, there. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Red Sox haven't announced it, but we did. You know, Doug Mirabelli will be in attendance. Yeah, he'll be catching one of the the third the third pitch. So, yes. look forward to that. Just the third pitch. Just yeah. the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but All you right. guys have been great. Yeah. You know, uh, now that the lockout has ended, we will have obviously, like we said, some more Red Sox related content and some some more accurate stuff. Uh, get some sleep. Hopefully, we'll have some free agent uh, signings pretty soon. That's it. Peace. I'm in the corner. Watching you kiss her. Oh. <laughs> All right. Peace. Peace.